Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying Podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. Welcome to a post-NFL draft Baltimore Ravens edition of the show today. I hope all of you out there in the sports world or in the world in general are being safe. I hope all of you out there in Ravens Nation are being safe and doing well during this pandemic. And I hope all of you out there are making good, smart, careful decisions. But with that being said, Ravens Nation, as we all know, the 2022 NFL Draft took place from this past Thursday to Saturday, and a lot of a lot of people, a lot of NFL media gave the Baltimore Ravens a lot of praise for how well the Ravens drafted, and I'm going to be another one of those people who gives the Ravens a lot of praise for how we drafted. And this draft class may go down as possibly being one of the best, if not the best draft class that the Ravens have had in a long, long time. The Ravens killed this draft. They killed it. Outside of maybe one thing that a lot of people really were complaining about that the Ravens did not do, but I'm going to get into that a little bit later on in the show. But... Just to be on the safe side, let's get into some of the Ravens draft picks, shall we? Let's get started. The first pick, first their first pick overall, safety Kyle Hamilton, safety out of, out of the University of Notre Dame. I want to talk about Kyle Hamilton really quickly. I expected Kyle Hamilton to go within the top 10 of the NFL draft this year. I did not expect him to fall all the way to number 14 to us in this draft. And the fact that he fell that far, I expected at least at least three to four teams who needed a safety to possibly take him. And the fact that he fell that far and the Ravens were able to pick him after he just fell in our lap is just unbelievable to me. Here's, here's what I'm going to say about Kyle Hamilton also. When you look at him, when you look at his stature, you look at how big he is, and you look at his playmaking ability, number one, the way he's built and how big he is, his size reminds me kind of like a mixture of Sean Taylor out of the U, the late great Sean Taylor, and the Washington Commanders, mixed with Taylor Mays who was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals out of out of USC. So his mixture is his size is like a mixture of Taylor Mays and Sean Taylor mixed together. His playmaking ability kind of reminds me of a little bit, a teeny bit, just a smidge of Ed Reed a little bit. And here's why I say that. There was a game last year with 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 the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in which Kyle Hamilton played in where they play Florida State on Saturday night, and there and there was a throw that quarterback McKenzie Milton made down the down the right sideline, and Kyle Hamilton came from the middle of the field, and his range was just unbelievable. He came, Kyle Hamilton literally came from the middle of the field, came out of nowhere, and picked up and picked off that pass that McKenzie Milton threw down the right sideline. 
And it was it was it was almost Ed Reed ish the way Kyle Hamilton made that play. So with Kyle Hamilton, his size gives you a mixture. The way he's built, his stature gives you a mixture of Taylor Mays and Sean Taylor, along with his ball hawking ability gives you a smidge of Ed Reed and his ability to, to hit somebody and bring the pain to them reminds me of Cam Chancellor. So I, I love the pick of Kyle Hamilton. I just love it. I love it. I love it. And also here's the other thing that people, that, that people need to think about a little bit when it comes to Kyle Hamilton, the Ravens drafted Kyle Hamilton to eventually replace Chuck Clark. Okay. You don't draft a safety in the first round, to just have him sit on the bench for a year, obviously. And here's where Chuck Clark comes in. Chuck Clark is coming up on the final year of a three-year, three-year, fifteen to eighteen million dollar contract that the Ravens signed him to at the end of the 2019 season. He's coming up on the end of that contract. Kyle Hamilton is eventually going to take Chuck Clark's spot and be paired with Marcus Williams on the back end of that defense at the safety position. Where and so where does that leave Chuck Clark? I think Chuck Clark is going to eventually get traded to the New York Giants. And you're probably wondering, why why the New York Giants, Jared? There's a defensive coordinator over there with the New York Giants named Don Wink Martindale, whose system Chuck Clark played in for the past two years. So just throwing that out there to you guys. Kyle Hamilton takes Chuck Clark's spot, and you pair Kyle Hamilton with Marcus Williams. Chuck Clark gets traded to the New York Giants. The Giants need safety help. They need stability at the safety position. Chuck Clark can go over to the Giants, play in Wink Martindale's system for a year, and the Giants can determine after the 2022 season if they want to keep him and extend and, and, and give, him, give him a brand new contract after that. Next up, center Tyler Linderbaum. The Baltimore Ravens got the best center in the draft out of Iowa to replace Bradley Bozeman, who left to go to Carolina on a one-year contract. I love this pick, and the Ravens needed to improve this offensive line. And what better way to start on improving your offensive line by getting the best damn center in the draft, just like the Chiefs did last year when they got Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. So... That is a beautiful way for the Ravens to start replenishing that offensive line to go along with Morgan Moses, to go along with Kevin Zeitler, to go along with Ben Cleveland and a returning Ronnie Stanley. So Tyler Linderbaum, the best the best center in the the best center in the draft. I love this pick. Next up, David Ajabo. David Ajabo, defensive end out of Michigan. David Ojabo obviously won't play this year because he tore his Achilles during his pro day. And it sucks, and I hate it. I hate that because had he not torn his Achilles, I honestly believe the I honestly believe the Ravens would have picked him with the first pick. I honestly believe that. But the fact that he's not going to be able to play this year, we won't be able to see him paired next to Odafe Owe. And that's the reason why the Ravens obviously drafted him. They drafted him to pair him next to Odafe Owe for the next five to six to seven years as as our bookie, as our young book and pass rush duo. So, but I guarantee you when David Ojabo comes back next year, he is going to be an absolute handful with Odafe Owe, and it is going to be absolutely freaking scary to see Ojabo and Owe. I call them the 
I call them the old brothers. Odafe, it is going to be scary as hell to see Owe and Ojabo coming off the edge for, for our for our pass rush duo. Next up, defensive tackle Travis Jones. I believe that this pick is it is a very very good it is a very very good pick and I say that for this reason as far as Travis Jones defensive tackle out of out of Connecticut. Travis Jones is going to be a plug-in player right away. Now, obviously, we still have Justin Matabuki. We still got Derek Wolf, and we still got Broderick Washington. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, um, the Ravens decide to possibly move on from Broderick Washington this summer during the preseason, or whatever, during the preseason, or whatever the case may be. You'll have Travis Jones to plug in to replace Broderick Washington, or let's just say, maybe hypothetically, Derek Wolf decides to retire. Because of his injuries. Let's just say he decides to retire. You can take Travis Jones, plug him into Derek Wolf's spot, and you'll have Derek Wolf, Justin Matabuki, and Broderick Washington. And also, not only that, Travis Jones is going to get playing time. No matter who's in the lineup already as a starter as it is, as far as a rotational purpose on that defensive line for the Baltimore Ravens. So, this is this right now for, for the Ravens. That Travis Jones pick is a right now, right now plug and play type pick, rotational type pick for the Baltimore Ravens. But not only for now, but this that that pick of Travis Jones for the defensive line is going to be for the future as well to possibly replace Derek Wolf if the Ravens were to move on from Derek Wolf after the 2022 season. And if they do move on from him, you would have Travis Jones, Justin Matabuki, and Broderick Washington to to help replenish that defensive line and set up for the future down the line. Next up, Daniel Falele. Daniel Falele, I was so happy when the Ravens picked him because he is a 6'8", he is a 6'8", 384-pound mountain of a man. And when I saw this dude, he so reminded me of Jonathan Ogden that it wasn't even funny. Okay, And here's the other reason why this pick makes sense for, for the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, yes, we have Morgan Moses. Yes, we have Ronnie Stanley for now with Ronnie Stanley. But we also have Jawan James. Who's who who who's on who's still in who's still on a who's still on a two year nine million dollar contract, but it's but for right now it's really a one year eight million dollar contract. Here's why the Daniel Falele move makes a lot of sense. Let's just say hypothetically speaking, Ronnie Stanley just decides to just up and retire. That probably won't happen now because the Ravens expect Ronnie Stanley to come back and come back fully healthy. But let's just say Ronnie Stanley either retires or he gets hurt again come next season. You can take Daniel Falele and plug Daniel Falele into that left tackle spot, or if Mo, or if Morgan Moses feels like he's he's versatile enough to go over to the left side of the offensive line, you could take Daniel Falele and put him over on the right side where he originally played at Minnesota. So that Daniel Falele pick is a beautiful pick for the Baltimore Ravens, and I love it. And when, I, like I said before, when I saw that guy, he reminded me of Jonathan Ogden like it was nobody's business. And Jonathan Ogden is at least, what, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, probably 3'20", 3'30". He, he, and the, the, the scary part about Falele is that he's probably 
30 to 40 pounds heavier than Jonathan Ogden. So, so the Daniel Falele pick is a beautiful insurance policy pick, not just for this season, but possibly for the future if the Ravens want to move on from Ronnie Stanley down the line. Next up, Jalen Armour Davis. This is just as simple as it is for me. The Baltimore Ravens picked Jalen Armour Davis because of the simple fact that the Eric DaCosta saw how bet saw how messed up this secondary looked last year with all of the injuries, and he de- and he does not want what happened last year to ever happen again. So I love the Jalen Arm the Jalen Armour Davis pick out of Alabama at corner. I freaking love it. Eric DaCosta is just continue continuing to put and add more depth to the secondary along with the Kyle Hamilton pick, and I love it. Charlie Kohler, tight end out of out of Iowa State. This pick was simply to help out Mark Andrews at the, at the tight end position. And Eric DaCosta and the front office, I'm pretty sure they know in the back of their mind that they cannot just simply rely on Mark Andrews to have the same season that he had last year over the next two to three years. They can't expect that from Mark Andrews moving forward. So what's the best way to help out Mark Andrews? Let's get him some help. Let's get him a running mate. And you got him one of the best damn tight ends in the Big 12 and Charlie Kohler, who's 6'4", 6'5", 230, and who's athletic as all hell. So I like the Charlie Kohler pick. I love it. And not only that, this is something else that people need to think about when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. The last time the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2012, what did they have? They had, they had a two tight end set with Ed Dixon and Dennis Pitta. And not only that, when the Ravens first drafted Lamar Jackson, what did they have? A two tight end set with Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. And so what do they have now? Another two tight end set with Mark Andrews and now Charlie Kohler. Just throwing that thought out there. Just something for you guys to think about. Next up, Jordan Stout, punter out of Penn State. This pick was simply for the future and to eventually replace Sam Cook. Sam Cook is getting up there in age. We all know Sam Cook is one of the best punters in the league and he's been one of the best punters in the league for the last decade. But this Jordan Stout pick is just simply to replace Sam Cook for the future and when Sam Cook when Sam Cook decides to retire, Jordan Stout can just come right on in and take over for Sam Cook. And Jordan Stout may turn out to be one of the best young punters in the league moving forward. So next up, tight end Isaiah Likely. I believe this this, this pick at tight end for the for the Baltimore Ravens, Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. This was simply for depth purposes. Just 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 simply for depth purposes. Okay? You can never, ever, ever have enough playmakers. You can never have enough playmakers for Lamar Jackson. So you have to have as many playmakers as you possibly, possibly can for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. So drafting two tight ends, I get it, and it makes and, and, and it makes a lot of sense. Next up, Tyler Batty, running back out of Missouri. I believe this was probably more so of a special teams pick for the Baltimore Ravens, more than a get you on the field production type pick right now. That's just my thought. But who knows? The Ravens may may want to may want to move on from Justice Hill at, may want to move on from Justice Hill down the line and Tyler Batty can end up possibly taking Justice Hill Justice Hill's place. 
You never, ever know. Just a thought. And lastly, Demarion Williams, another cornerback out of Houston. Again, Eric DaCosta just simply did not want what happened last year with this secondary to happen again. So what did he do? He went out and drafted Demarion Williams, and he drafted Jalen Armour Davis. And I'm pretty sure Eric DaCosta is going to go into going to go into the the undrafted free agent pool and add more cornerback depth to this secondary. So with Kyle Hamilton, with Jalen Armour Davis, with Demarion Williams. With Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, this secondary is going to be scary, scary, scary good. But those are but those are my thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, on all of the Baltimore Ravens 2022 NFL draft picks. And this draft class has the potential to be absolutely scary good. And 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 if not the best, if not one of the best. Possibly the best draft classes in a long, long time. And I cannot wait to see this draft class on the field. The Ravens absolutely killed it and they hit it out of the damn park. And I love every I love I love almost every pick on 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 this board for the Baltimore Ravens. They did a hell of a job coming up next. I'm going to tell you guys why the Baltimore Ravens. Trading Hollywood Brown made sense for both sides. And also, I'm going to talk to you guys about why Eric DaCosta not drafting a wide receiver in this draft also made sense and why Eric DaCosta has a plan for the wide receiver position. That's coming up, y'all. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. As we all know, the Baltimore Ravens pulled off a big trade in the first round of the draft this past Thursday. And when you first, when you first see the trade, you start thinking to yourself, okay, number one, that trade came out of nowhere. And a lot of people's reactions, a lot of Ravens fans reactions were probably the same as mine. Like what are the Ravens doing? Why are you trading away Hollywood? But then when you stop and you think about it for a minute, and you really understand the reason why the Ravens and Eric DaCosta traded away Hollywood Brown, you come to these conclusions. The trade makes sense for both sides. And here's why the trade makes sense for Hollywood and it makes sense for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to start with the Baltimore Ravens first. The trade makes sense for the Baltimore Ravens for these two reasons. Number one. The Baltimore Ravens knew at some point that they were going to have to try to pay, or excuse me, excuse me, that they were going to have to pay Hollywood Brown. And the Ravens knew that they were not going to probably be able to pay Hollywood Brown what he feels he was worth. Okay, so let's trade him out of the conference, so we so we don't trade him in the conference within the conference and have him come back to bite us in the ass. Let's trade him out of the AFC and let's get him to a team in the NFC that will probably be able to use him better than we, better than we can. So that's, that's reason number one. The Ravens weren't going to be able to pay him what, what he felt he was worth. And number two, reason number two, Hollywood's inconsistencies. Why do I say that? As talented as Hollywood Brown is, and he's a very, very talented wide receiver, could be one of the better young up-and-coming receivers in the league probably within the next two years. But 
because of his inconsistencies. Prime example, I'm going to give you guys a game. Or actually, actually, I'm going to give you guys a couple of games. Last year, against the Detroit Lions, Hollywood dropped at least two touchdown passes in that game. That could have easily put the game away and put the game in the Ravens' favor. And that game wouldn't have had to come down to a Justin Tucker record-breaking field goal. Secondly, against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home in Baltimore, Hollywood dropped a couple of passes in that game as well. So the inconsistencies on top of the Ravens possibly having to pay Hollywood Brown what he felt he was worth probably wasn't worth it at the end of the day. So the Ravens did what they had to do, and they traded him out of the conference, and they traded him to the Arizona Cardinals, which here, which is why here's where it benefits Hollywood, and it benefits Hollywood's side. Hollywood said it himself during an interview that during during an interview that the way the Ravens' offense is schemed, that he was not going to be able to succeed in that offense. If that does, if that if that sounds familiar to you guys, Hayden Hurst said the same thing after the 2018 season when he said that because of the way the Ravens offense is put together and the way the Ravens offense is schemed, he felt like he needed to leave that that organization. He felt like he needed to leave that offense and go to a team like the Atlanta Falcons which he eventually got traded to to better show how good he really is and how good he's capable of being. So, just, and I'm just throwing I'm just throwing this side note out there. This is the second time now in about a 5-year period that a that a perimeter weapon says that they needed to leave the Ravens because of the way the Ravens offense is schemed. But I digress. Back to Hollywood. Hollywood is now in a situation where in Arizona where he can truly show how good of a receiver he's really capable of being because of how wide open that Arizona Cardinals offense is. Four, five wide receiver set, air raid type offense, Kyler Murray. And not only that, Marquise is now playing with his former Oklahoma Sooners teammate, Kyler Murray, who he played with in college. So the trade... The trade that the Ravens made benefited both sides. The Ravens don't have the Ravens don't now really now don't have to worry about having to possibly pay Hollywood. And Hollywood now gets the chance to truly show that you know what? It was the Ravens offense that was holding me back and the style in which their offense is schemed that was holding me back. Now I can show y'all how good I really am in Arizona with my boy Kyler Murray. Speaking of wide receiver, I want to talk about the 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 uproar, just just the ups, the, just how how upset Ravens fans were that we did not replace Hollywood Brown when we first traded him. Here's my issue with a lot of you guys, as far as Ravens fans out there out there goes. There is a reason behind what Eric DaCosta did, okay? Number one, there's a reason why Eric DaCosta didn't go dipping into the free agent market and spending a whole lot of money on wide receivers in the first, in the first phase of free agency. 
this offseason. There's a reason why he did that, because the Ravens have a history of not really spending big money on free agent wide receivers. That's number one. If you don't realize that by now and you've been a fan of this team for 10, 15 plus years, then it's then it's really something wrong with you and you need to have your head examined. OK, number two. The other reason why the Ravens didn't draft a receiver in the draft to replace Hollywood Brown is because if you look at the receivers that are still out there in the free agent market, like an Odell Beckham Jr. or a Jarvis Landry, or even better yet, a Michael Thomas from the New Orleans Saints who still could possibly be who could still possibly have resentment towards New Orleans and still possibly want out of New Orleans. Eric DaCosta as as I'm as I'm doing this podcast right now, Eric DaCosta could possibly be on the phone with the New Orleans Saints right now trying to work out a trade for Michael Thomas. Or if that doesn't work, the Ravens could could possibly be trying to go get Jarvis Landry on a two year deal. Or the Ravens could possibly be talking to Odell Beckham Jr.'s agent to possibly get him to come here. Maybe the Ravens are talking to Julio Jones, which me personally, I don't necessarily like the Julio Jones move. And I don't necessarily like the and I I would hate the Antonio Brown move. So let's take Julio and Antonio out of the equation. Antonio because of his off the field stuff and Julio because he's injury prone at this point in his career. The only three options that make sense at this point for the Baltimore Ravens to replace Hollywood Brown is either Michael Thomas via trade from the New Orleans Saints. Odell Beckham Jr. on possibly a two-year contract, which would really be a one-year deal if you exercise the second option after the first year, or Jarvis Landry on a two-year deal. But but like I said before, Eric DaCosta has a plan in place. There's a reason why he didn't go get a receiver in the first wave of free agency and he didn't spend big money, because the Ravens don't do that as far as free agency goes. And the Ra- and Eric DaCosta did not draft a wide receiver because he still sees free agents out there like a Julio, like a Jarvis, like a Odell Beckham Jr. He's probably... He- He, like a lot of other teams around the league, are probably still monitoring the New Orleans Saints and and their position with Michael Thomas. So for all of y'all out there that are losing y'all damn minds because Eric DaCosta didn't draft a wide receiver, calm y'all asses down. Please. Eric DaCosta knows what he is doing. He has a plan in place. The man is not blindly and naively going to go into the 2022 NFL season with Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, James Proche, Tylen Wallace, Jalen Moore, Mark Andrews, and say, yep, okay, we're good at the receiver position. We're good. The man knows what he's doing. He has a plan in place. That's why he's in the position that he is in, and all of you guys on the Internet, on, on, on Facebook or on Instagram are sitting there playing armchair GM, or, or playing armchair general manager. Eric knows what he's doing. He's a very, very smart, bright, aggressive when he needs to be, and, and on occasion, an intelligent man. He knows what the hell he's doing. He has a plan in place. So all of y'all, calm the hell down, please. We're going to get a receiver to replace Hollywood Brown. It's coming. Just be patient. And that's all I got to say about that. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, 
it's going to be time for me to leave y'all with something to think about. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. Ravens Nation, as we all know, the 2022 NFL Draft is in the rearview mirror. And yes, we're on the other side of the spectrum as far as the offseason and OTAs getting ready to start. And eventually minicamp is going to come up and training camp. And then, next thing you know, the NFL preseason. But then there are still free agents still sitting out there like an Indomitian Sue, like a Jason Pierre-Paul, like a, like I mentioned earlier on in the show, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. Just a few names to throw out there to you guys. But my question to you guys is this. Which Ravens draft pick or draft picks do you guys like the most out of this Ravens draft class or which draft pick or draft picks do you think, do you guys think have the opportunity or the chance to possibly contribute the most out of this 2022 draft class? And also, do you guys think that this draft class has the potential to possibly be the best at this draft that, that, that the Ravens have had in a long, long time? I would love to know your thoughts and your comments on this. If you would like to give me your thoughts, you can you can DM me on Instagram. You can follow me at Quiet Soul 24 on Instagram, Q-U-I-E-T-S-O-U-L-24. You can direct message me your 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 comments and your thoughts. Or you can you can direct message me on Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook at Jared Dawkins, J-A-R-E-D. Dawkins, D-A-W-K-I-N-S, or you can email me your thoughts at jdawkins24 at yahoo.com, lowercase j, lowercase d-a-w-k-i-n-s, 24, the at symbol, yahoo.com. I would absolutely love to hear you guys' thoughts. I would love to hear you Ravens fans' thoughts about this. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I really, really appreciate you all. Thank you so much. I cannot wait for the rest of this offseason to see how this roster continues to shape to shape up and 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 shape out. Eric DeCosta, like I said to you guys before, Eric DeCosta has a plan. He has a plan. Do not doubt this man, okay? He knows what he's doing. But with that being said, Thank you all right. Thank you Ravens Nation for listening. I'm out. Peace.